nuts for my crazy day. My packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can find him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his own show, the How About Them podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. I mean, uh, do we have anything to talk about or is it just kind of a quiet news day? Hey, football's back, right? That's the most yeah, exciting no thing. Kidding. I mean, yeah. we're I mean, game, it's, it's game nuts. week. It's nuts how it goes from like very little to a little bit, and then suddenly it's it's so overwhelming the amount of information that we have to cover. I mean, yeah, like it's it's what's really nuts is you know it's Labor Day, we get the day off, or some most some people get the day off, and you look around and it's it's the first week of the NFL season, and for people like us who write and do podcasting and stuff. Uh, it's it's a shock to the system because you know what's about to uh, descend upon you. So uh, it's exciting. I, 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 I can't even believe it. And that part, I guess, hasn't really completely sunk into me yet. Right. I really feel like we need a full week to kind of digest all this news that we had having because it's not just with the Cowboys. There was trades across the league. Um, there were some surprising cuts and waiver claims. So it's a quick turnaround from Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern time until – you know, really Thursday night's our first game. It's kind of a quick turnaround. So let's go ahead and get to some of those moves that uh, happened over the weekend. The very first one, this one happened at about noon Eastern time on Saturday. The Cowboys traded a late conditional pick to the Bengals for cornerback Benet Benwickery. I'm probably messing it up so bad, but um, he's a former cornerback of the Panthers. Uh, he kind of tried to fill the role of uh, Josh Norman, after Norman left, he bounced around the league after getting exposed by Julio Jones for 300 yards. I believe he played for the Packers and the Dolphins. Ended up in the Bengals. Had a pretty good preseason um, from our friend Joe Goodberry. He said he he looked like he was healthy again. Um, he looked explosive, and he always has had fantastic ball skills. So tell me what you think about uh, Ben Wickery, why the Cowboys decided to make a move for a cornerback, especially considering that they drafted three this year in the 2017 draft. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is actually this actually makes a lot of sense to me um, because really it's it's very little cost. Um, I think you know I could be wrong, but I think the condition was four four games or more on the mm-hmm. active roster. I think was the yep. condition for a sixth round um, pick. Is that it, what it is? For seventh round pick. Yeah, I think it's for a 2019 seventh round, or I think it's what it was. So yeah. uh, I could I could be wrong, but but I. Uh, you know, if that's the case, I mean, that's that's a great deal because honestly, he may not even be on the active roster for four games. I mean, it, it, you know, we got Jordan Lewis uh, coming back to practice hopefully tomorrow or at least this week. 
Uh, I don't know if that makes him active for the game or not. Maybe not, but but I, I think at the very at the very least, you, you can assume that. Uh, hopefully he'll be making his way back in by week three. I, I would hope. Mm-hmm. I um, think that's fair. And and I think at that point, you know, you can you let you let uh, uh, you know Benny go, Benny. We'll call him Benny. Let's just let's call him Benny. Benny. We got to make it at least unified in how we're going to mispronounce yeah. his name. Yeah. No. No. Let's just call him Benny. And I think that's what people have been doing. So uh, you know, I think at that point it, it, you can make a decision about Benny. And I think at that point too, you're going to have to make a decision about. Um, you know, some of these other people, I mean, he could be in, end up being your roster cut to get, uh, uh more back on the team and uh, Demontre more back mm-hmm. in the suspension after, after two games. So I, I like it because, you know, look, he, he fits, he's, he's going to be a guy who can play outside. I think he can play a little bit inside too, I, that I've seen, um, you know, that year that he had opposite Josh Norton, Norman, when, when he was allowed to kind of play zone coverage, uh, he had a pretty decent year. And, uh, and I think that, you know he he's a big guy he's 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 gonna be he's you know he's he's very much your 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 he's he's not big but he's he's solid and and he moves well and he's and he's a and he's not afraid to tackle and I think you know he's a very foot. basic yeah I mean he's he's you know he's he's solid size he's 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 your basic veteran um, zone corner you know he's he's not gonna be I mean you know he got burned by Julio Jones. Because he shouldn't have been put on a, in a one-on-one situation on Julio sure. Jones, especially when he was injured, which he was at the time. So, um, you know, this is a guy who he you know you put him out there, cover two, cover three. He knows what to do. He can make plays on the ball. He's not afraid to be aggressive, um, and he can get you know he can give you quality snaps uh, until you know kind of as a bridge player until your younger guys are ready to, to play a bigger role in this defense. Yeah, and the the one thing I want to mention really quickly is I, I kind of asked around about him after uh, the Cowboys trade traded for him, and the sense I got was that when he was on the Dolphins and the Packers, it wasn't because he's a bad player as to why he got cut. He wasn't healthy, so there was just no spot for a guy that wasn't eligible for the IR but wasn't healthy enough to contribute. So he was kind of released, bounced around a little bit, um, and it sounds like he's healthy. If he's healthy, it, it sounds like they c- he can be a solid fourth corner, uh, potentially even be their third corner if they decide to keep it that way. I think this is just insurance. Um, he was probably going to get cut by Cincinnati. So instead of, you know, they wouldn't have been able to claim him. Somebody else would have picked him up. This is an easy way for them to probably not give away a pick and still get a player that can help them the first two or three weeks of the season. The other trade that they made was for linebacker J. Ron Elliott of the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've always kind of liked this player because he can play special teams. I, I think he can play a little bit on defense. Uh, he's just a really, really solid player. He's not going to make a bunch of plays, uh, you know, splash plays, but he's just going to be a solid guy that can get into your too deep at linebacker and fill a bunch of different roles. What do you think about J. Ron Elliott and the move to trade for him from the Packers? I like, I mean, I like it. It's, it's, it's a guy. I mean, I think really, you know, when you look at, you know, some of the moves that they made on the, the initial 53 man roster, um, they may have kind of left themselves, uh, in kind of a, a little bit short, uh, in special teams guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this was kind of a, a move to, to satisfy that. I think his, his, his main role will be probably special teams as you'll see him on the field. Uh, but I think he, yeah, I definitely think he can give you some snaps as a pass rusher or as a, uh, probably a Sam linebacker a little bit. Um, he, uh, you know, he looks like he's, he's kind of like the, uh, he's kind he's kind of like a, uh, 
Kyle Wilbur type yes. where yep. he's a little bit of a tweener, but I, I think he's more of a he's more of a hands player, I think, where Wilbur's gonna try to win with speed around the edge. I think that this guy probably has a little bit more, you know, like pop in his hands. Can I, uh, I, I can see. I mention real quick that those yeah. players have value because I know people when you say the words Kyle Wilbur you just kind of think, oh, just just a guy. But that guy being able to play multiple positions and being able to help out on special teams that has value in the NFL. I know Wilbur is yeah, not a fantastic NFL. rusher at all, but he can give you snaps there if you need him. I think the key the phrase you said there is in the NFL, and I think that's that's really where the issue is. Is that I think you know fans of football who watch college and then watch the NFL, they don't understand that guy because mm-hmm. that, you know, in college you don't need that guy. Like you've got a freshman who is a five star, you know, athlete who's up and coming and he's playing your L three in special teams and you know, and then like if your defensive end gets hurt and then he his backup gets hurt, then, you know, it's some four star freshman defensive end who's coming in to to play that third string defensive end. But but when you're in the NFL and, and you've got limited roster space and, and you've got limited active numbers and that sort of thing, guys like this who can be kind of just – who can give you quality snaps, not good snaps. You know, he's he's not the guy you're relying to make the plays, but he's the guy who can do the job responsibly and like and at least can do his job uh, at a couple different spots. And that, you know, and that is super, super valuable – uh, when you're trying to construct a roster, especially a 46-man roster. Absolutely. Let's pause real quick to talk about our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed, there's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for just a great value. Landon, you're going to check out the Los Angeles Rams this year with Jared Goff. Come I'm going I'm, I'm to try just because it's so exciting with Jared Goff at quarterback. I, I don't know that I can resist. And if you need those tickets, just go to SeatGeek <laughs> and make sure that you uh, download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL. NFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So uh, really quickly, the Cowboys also claimed uh, a defensive lineman, which I kind of thought was surprising considering that they spent uh, two picks late on Jordan Carroll and Jordan Ivey, but we're going to get to those guys in a second. They claimed Brian Price, a defensive tackle from the Green Bay Packers, to basically take Cedric Thornton's job. Uh, The Cowboys released Thornton on Monday. uh, Yeah, it was Monday morning, I believe. They released Thornton. Uh, Brian Price feels like he's going to be the upgrade at that spot. Stephen Jones even mentioned that they thought they got better at that spot on Monday. What do you think about the addition of Brian Price? Well, first of all, I mean, I think you were owed uh, some kudos for for uh, kind of being on that early. I really was surprised that they let let him go and they were just willing to eat that money. But I, I, I do like it because it clearly is a sign of they're like they're trying to get that that quality in there now and they felt like they could get better at the spot and they were okay with I guess just eating some of the cash and I think that's those are the kind of decisions you can make when you're not paying a franchise quarterback um but it also shows uh, you it also shows you they're not falling into the sunk cost fallacy I mean they want the best players on the field and I mentioned Jordan Carroll and Joey Ivey but those are two draft picks that you use 
to potentially take that spot. And not only did neither of those guys make the roster, neither of those guys are even on the practice squad. So they're, they are clearly looking for the best player at that spot, regardless of the price. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and I know that you said you were surprised that Ivy didn't make it on the practice squad. I, I frankly am not. I mean, they, they didn't really show us anything ever. Like, I, I never saw really much of anything from either of them at any point. And so, like, and they're draft picks, you know? Like, you know, there were probably three undrafted players who showed more than hmm. than those guys did on the defensive line, not, not, not even just, like, you know, on the team. So, you know, I think that I, I agree that it's good that they're not, you know, completely, you know, just holding on to their mistakes. And I feel like that has been a, the case you know, at a you know at certain different points in in the team's history, um, but I, I feel like they are, like I said, when you have a little bit more wiggle room underneath the cap, it allows you to kind of be more less you know judicious, I guess, and kind of just you know go for uh, talent as opposed to worrying about the the back end on the dead money. I mean, they're going to be getting close to a, a situation where they're going to you know a lot of this dead money that they've had on their books for years and years and years is finally going to come off. Right. So a couple of the other surprising moves, I mean, we went through the full roller coaster of emotions with Kellen Moore, but well, uh, real, real quick, we should actually talk about Brian price. Cause we didn't, I think, Oh we yeah, go ahead. Like, we just you know, we right talked about Thornton. I haven't seen him but, at all. Um, so in full disclosure, I have, I have not I, seen him. Go I, ahead. I watched him. So, so I got a chance. I actually got a chance to watch him more than even actually, um, Elliot. So, um, yeah, I, I think they got a good guy. I mean, I think that that's the thing about this is that you know he was kind of in a situation where he was playing more of a of a of a two gap you know nose tackle type situation in Green Bay, um, but then they would let him kind of uh, uh, one gap every once in a while, and 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 when he did that, he looked really difficult to stop. Uh, he's one of those guys who uh, is you know he's he's got, he's he. You see it on tape, like he's clearly that kind of Marinelli type player where he's he's tenacious and he's relentless and he never stops until the whistle's done. Um, and he and he also fits that sort of one technique, you know, uh, idea of being strong and stout at the point of attack, but also being ex- still extremely quick off the ball. Um, so he can, you know, once he gets going, he can be kind of difficult to to stop, just a, in a, a lot like Paya is. Um, and, and, and really, Paya, uh, I Paya. feel like Paya, whatever, <laughs> uh, Paya, Paya, I'm going to get it right. Um, at some point, um, he's going to get a little bit more consistent with his technique and he's really going to be a valuable piece because when he gets his hands above his eyes and, and he really can bend his knees and, and get leverage going, uh, he, he, he moved bodies a lot and, um, he was, you know, I know it was against the Rams. I think it, I watched him against the Rams starting, interior three i think um and you know not that that's anything to write about but still um and he was destroying them at times so um i think he it was a good pickup i i i mean i saw him do more in the games i watched of him and i only watched two games because that's really all that they had of, of tape of him uh i watched i saw more from him in those two games uh and than I saw from Thornton all preseason. So that I mean, in, in that sense, I, I think it makes sense. So again, I, in full disclosure, I have not seen him, but uh, I, I like to kind of look at what the the people in Dallas are talking about with him. And Stephen Jones on Monday said, 
not only did they think they got better at the one technique because of Brian Price, but they said they got significantly better there. So they think they stole one. I know our friend Justice Mosqueda, uh, Packer guy, said that he's he's okay. Um, and when you're trading, you know, a conditional pick, that's all you're hoping for is that he can be a solid to you know average starter. So uh, I yeah, think it's uh, quick, it's fine. David Moore uh, <laughs> tweeted out something earlier about how. You know, well, the Cowboys got two two guys from the Packers, and uh, the Packers had a worse defense than the Cowboys last year. Oh so what does gosh. that say? And, and I don't know. I don't know if he's being intentionally ignorant. I'm hoping so, because I, you know, I I have more respect for for David David more than that. But I mean, that's that's the kind of ridiculous, like no context comment that uh, you know really has put his. <laughs> industry kind of at, at the state it's in i, I just you know look uh, these are guys who at, at at your at the worst maybe are getting one or two snaps a game you know like especially early on you just don't know what these guys are going to be getting uh you know they're going to be we're, we're talking about a backup a rotational one technique who was claimed um and then uh, we traded for a guy who uh is probably going to, you know, see significant snaps uh, on the defensive backfield, and then we saw another guy traded for another guy who is going to be kind of a special teams guy, um, and 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 you know maybe maybe give us some pass rush snaps. This these aren't guys that we're calling. This isn't the cavalry we're calling in. You sure. know, like this these are these these are we're churning the back end of the roster. We had the twenty eighth in claiming order. You know, like I, I just think that the the changes the improvement. What's going to happen in this defense is not going to be about elite top end players making unbelievable plays. Like that's just not what this defense is about. It has been about the last few years, or it's probably going to be about this year. It's going to be about however many players there are on defense, all the active players that are on defense playing with their hair on fire for however many snaps they play and playing a simplified system that they know down to a T and they, and just tightening all the screws on everything as well as they can. That's how they're going to play defense. So, you know, I, I think people like with this over expectation that they're going to trade for the a missing piece or whatever, it, it's, it's more about how these, these individual pieces are going to fit and how tight they can, you know, get these windows on this defense. It's, it's not, this defense is not based on getting that huge playmaker who's gonna who's gonna change the the, the game. It's it's really about just maintaining a, a level of pressure and then allowing the offense to kind of break themselves against you. And that's what a bend don't break defense is. Right. So I've got just a quick thought, and we have some extra time today because we're really combining two shows into one. But uh, just on the philosophy of trading late round picks, or in, in this case, conditional picks for players. So I think the NFL draft is really a four to five round draft. And after that, the the difference between a six round pick and an undrafted free agent is literally, I mean, nothing. So trading a pick for a guy that you have at least seen play in the NFL and in Price's case, you've seen him play in actual games. I think that has value. But, you know, like we just talked about with Joey Ivey and Carroll, you don't know how those guys are going to be until you actually see them on an NFL t- field going against actual NFL competition. So I am perfectly fine if you're every year you're trading away these sixth and seventh round picks for guys that you have at least seen play in the NFL because that's what helps build your depth. If you can't find a guy that 
you know, maybe you can find a guy in free agency or in the draft that can fill that backup one technique spot. It's okay to go ahead and throw a late round pick at a Brian Price because you at least know what he is in the NFL. I know some people have been kind of mentioning how it's unwise and how the Cowboys are kind of selling some of their future. I don't get that at all because it's not like you're throwing away a top 100 pick. You're throwing away a pick that really has no value anyway. So just calm down. It'll be okay. Probably, I kind of have a feeling that none of these picks will probably end up actually exchanging hands anyways. I think they're okay. Do you have any just overall thoughts about sending those late picks for players that you have at least seen in the NFL? Uh, Yeah, I mean, imagine that you had... Uh, imagine if uh, you had tape of Joey Ivy playing against the Rams' offensive line. Absolutely, you know, like I mean, imagine like you would you would feel more comfortable about taking Ivy then, or you would at least have a better idea of what you were doing, right? Like, and that's what that's what the the weight is here is that okay? Brian Price is twenty three years old. Yeah, I mean, probably about the same age as a guy that maybe. So next year he'll be twenty four, maybe. So he's uh, what a year older than maybe a guy that you would draft in the seventh round, but with no tape and with less certainty. I'll take the guy that I know what he can be, and I know what his traits are, and I've seen him perform those traits against NFL competition every time. Just because it's that, you know, like you said, it's all crapshoots. I have just that much more clarity on a player I've seen play against NFL talent, so I'll take that. All right, so let's pause real quick to tell you about our friends at Sesney. Buying a buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Sesney Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none, focused on building personal relationships with their clients. Sesney Premier or Premier Realty Group realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesame Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesame Premier Realty Group directly at 469 469- 672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. So let's get back to some of the surprising moves that they made. Maybe they're not surprising, but just some of the moves they made. The first uh, being some of their cuts. Uh, I wasn't shocked that they cut players like Marquez White. A little shocked that Joey Ivey. Uh, and Jordan Carroll didn't make the practice squad. They cut Lewis Neal, who ended up on the practice squad. They cut Kellen Moore, and it sounds like they're going to bring Moore back. Did any one particular roster move stand out to you? I mean, I got to say, like this was definitely the easiest it's been in years, I feel like. Um, that means your team is good. That's really what I, yeah, that means. I mean, I, I, I think it is too. I mean, I, it's it seemed like I mean just to kind of give you perspective, I I kind of did fifty three man rosters, like uh you know kind of at the end of every training camp week, and honestly, like the top forty eight or nine really didn't change almost at all. You know, so I mean that's that's pretty solid roster right there. So I would say no, nothing really surprised me. Um, 
No. I, I mean, honestly, it didn't. Because, like, I, I feel like uh, I, I had Lewis Neal on the team, but I also understand why they didn't do that. I mean, I you know, it's the kind of thing where you do these 53-man rosters and you, and you know – that they're gonna pick, you know, some people off of uh, some other someone else's team. So it's 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 one of those things where, well, I'm selecting these guys, but you know, I know that 51, 52, and 53 are probably gonna be on some other team, and I I don't have any possible way of knowing who's available. So, you know, it's just kind of a crapshoot. So, you know, having said that, really, no, I mean, this was it was kind of well within the margin of error of what you expected for that sort of bottom of the le- level bottom of the roster level you know roster churn that ha- that goes on so real quick i want to give you a little bit of credit and this just pains me to give you credit but i oh, remember boy. i remember one night it was like 2:30 a.m. eastern time i get a message from you think rico could go to ir and then i was thinking about it. i'm like no listen I, I don't want to think about this he's going to be fine this is probably 3 or 4 weeks ago yeah. And, I mean, it happened. Uh, on Monday, the Cowboys are on. Really what happens on Saturday, Rico made the roster, but they didn't want to lose him for the season, so they kept him on the active roster. And then on Monday, they put him on IR, and they have an open roster spot now, and it sounds like Kellen Moore is going to slide in there. What are your just overall thoughts on Rico going to IR? Well, I mean, I, I have I have real mixed thoughts about it. I mean... I I mean I certainly understand why they did it and I and I'm I'm not upset about it as like you know some people are and again I totally get why they're upset like uh but I I I think that you know in the in a world where he was likely to be uh an inactive roster spot for a long period of time and you already had some really difficult decisions to make based on uh suspensions and 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 other situations that Rico wasn't going to help you out of, um, you know. I think I think you, you don't want to lose the guy. Um, you you know, it's really really tough to not have him practicing with the team that whole time. But at the same time, like he's still at a point in his development where going and getting like some private tutoring is still going to I think be extremely valuable for the guy. I hope he has so, Mike Pope's number. Well, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure he does. Um, uh, but and if he doesn't, I'm sure someone will slip it to him. Um, you know, I just imagine. Uh, you know, I, I I get the whole thing that he needs to practice the team, and he does. But I also think that he is also one of the rare guys who, while on the IR, you know, once he gets over the actual concussion symptoms, could go to the Michael Johnson Center and hire you know some movement coach or hire a. Uh, you know, a tight, you know, hire Pope for you know four well, weeks the, or whatever. Here's it was. the other thing too: is let's not and, and then just go work it out. You know, like I mean, just I think he could get better. Let's not pretend that the Cowboys aren't going to be involved in talking and communicating with Rico when he's on IR. I mean, I oh, know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, he, yeah. There, there are limits of what they can do. He can't be at practice. He can't be in the meeting rooms. But it's not going to be like, okay, hey, Rico, we'll they see you. They can set it up for him, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you in eight weeks. I hope you're doing okay then. No. He'll be fine. I, and I, uh, I do agree. At this point in time, it doesn't make sense to have him on the active roster because he's going to be inactive any, every week anyways. I know that they can activate him in six weeks, or he can start practicing um, in six weeks. So that would be, what, five games? So yeah. I, look, my bottom line is, and this is my feeling about a lot of things, and maybe I, I break a lot of China with people uh, because I, I'm unwieldy about this, but 
there's a difference between in roster and out of roster roster management, mm-hmm. right? And 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 to me, the roster spots in season. I'm sorry, in season and out of season roster management. Um, to me, there is a there is a very serious difference when you're talking about your you know, week to week roster. Like I understand talent acquisition and trying to do what you can to, you know, have to make sense with these guys to try to develop them and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to win football games. And like, that's really what takes precedent over a lot of this stuff. So, you know, I, I, if the choice is between, um, you know, not having this guy who I feel like I need over here or, Having to continue to drag, uh, uh, you know, Rico th- on to the team, even though I know he's not ready to play yet, but I also know that he's going to get claimed if he gets let go. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, I I would rather just put him on this separate list for a little bit. He can still try to figure out a way to get better. I I still think, like I said, he can continue his game with while on IR, uh, and then you also still get that roster spot for, um, you know, for someone that you need now. If you're gonna make that someone you need, Kellen Moore, I'm gonna have a I have a, an issue, which it probably will be. But I, I gotta say, like as a individual situation, I get the I get it. I get the Rico to IR situation. It it doesn't piss me off because I, I'm willing to be further patient with Rico Gathers. All right, so that brings us to Kellen Moore, and I want to talk about him real quick because I actually had a change of heart about this on Monday. So so. It sounds like, for all intents and purposes, the Cowboys are going to re-sign Kellen Moore, and he's going to be back on the roster. And I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I, I don't. Even, I don't think he's a backup quarterback. But obviously, he has value to the team. Um, but the one thing that kind of stuck in the back of my mind is, and you know how much we talk about, you know, your roster management and you know your active guys on game day. This actually doesn't hurt your active players because. You can have your third quarterback be inactive and still have him dress under the new rules. So you have to have is it eight inactive guys every week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to be inactive every week anyways, but it's just an extra guy that you can have at your use if you need him. Now, it might be Cooper Rush in that third quarterback spot. It might be Kellen Moore. You're going to have a guy on that roster anyways that's going to be inactive. You might as well have a, an extra player there that can actually help you on game days without taking up a spot, if that makes sense. Is that is that rule still good? Yes. The, okay, NFL, I, the I, NFL did it because they didn't want to have... I thought they I thought they dropped it. I will, I'm pretty sure... Again, one of our listeners will help us out, but I'm pretty sure it's that way because they didn't want to have uh, Darren McFadden playing quarterback on a Sunday night game. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, look, I I I get it. Like, and if that's the case, uh, then that makes some sense to a certain degree. Um, we both agree he's bad. I mean, that's really yeah, we, no we, doubt. We both no agree doubt. that he shouldn't I, be on a roster. I tend to think that at some point, um, yeah, I I I tend to think that uh, you kind of have to find what out what you got with Cooper Rush at some point, and again. To me, I don't know that that little that one thing that Kellen Moore you feel like does better than Cooper Rush, which is come into a game that's already in the middle and 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 you know deal with the bullets flying and maintain the game. Like, 
that may be like a one game situation, even if that happens. And 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 I don't know. Like I I, I think to me, I'd take that risk for me, mm-hmm. just because I feel like I feel like then you're gonna really find out what you got in this guy. And, and and I think that's part of the problem with 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 quarterbacks in general in the league is that they don't let these guys just play sometimes. They don't and, let them and, fail. And I, well, yeah, they don't let them fail. And I think you know it's Cooper Rush is probably not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he can develop into a starter someday. But I, I tend to think that he's going to be a particularly great you know career backup. If Which he's going to do that, that's got value. Yeah, that's, oh no, absolutely, it has value. And if he can do that, if it, if you don't think he does, then go you know go find a backup quarterback right now. Um, but but I, I think if he's going to do that, he's going to need to do this. And so uh, there's only one way to practice this, and, and and it is to do it. So I I you know I don't know why we would waste those valuable reps on Kellen Moore. Who, you know, we don't have a future. And I understand you. You want to win the game. I understand. I, I get that. But, but I think at the end of the day, if 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 you got this guy in the team, you got to trust the guy in the team. Yeah. So one of my favorite conversations I had on Twitter over the weekend was uh, our friend at Cowboys Nation was arguing that you don't want to see Kellen Moore in a game against the Giants on Sunday night if that goes down. That's why you want a veteran in. Well. I don't want to see Kellen Moore against the Giants defense. I would rather at least see a young guy that can move around a little bit and make plays. I, I, I just don't think Kellen Moore can play, and that's really what it boils down to. I just don't think he's got ability, and it's so much more than, well, should we keep a third quarterback? I would be perfectly fine keeping a third one if you think he can actually play. But that's another point. Uh, really quickly, to tie the show up, let's just kind of go over the Cowboys practice squad. Uh, these are the guys as of Monday night that they had on the practice squad. I believe Mark Nazacha is going to be on the practice squad. Uh, they he haven't did. made a, a uh, correspondence. He did. Was it, he did? They did. They did. Yeah, they did. Who did, who did yeah. they cut for him? Because I, I must have missed this. Did you happen to see? Uh, I just I, I just saw the uh, the uh, that he signed. That's All right, so we'll go with the 10-plus Mark Nazacha that are on there now. So we have... Tight end Blake Jarwin, who you kind of liked a little bit, right? Yeah, I did. I thought that he, that he had done some things. You, you, you kind of don't know what to think about with these tight ends because there's so many ahead of him. But, I mean, every time he got a ball thrown towards him, he was catching it. He was moving people okay for a rookie undrafted free agent tight end. Uh, I thought he had some traits that were worth looking into. And uh, he looked just like another, you know, swame uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hannah type, uh, kind of jack of all trades, do it all quietly tight end. Perfect guy to have on your practice squad because if you need to bring yeah. him up in a game, you, he'll be fine. Uh, then they got my pet cat and Lewis Neal, uh, wide receiver Brian Brown, safety Jameel Showers, and we talked about Showers a lot on this podcast. He's the perfect practice squad player because of so all the different things he can do for you during the game week without actually getting on the field. Uh, defensive tackle Richard Ash. Which I just think is kind of interesting that they went with a bigger body, uh, one technique over Jordan Carroll and Ivy. Um, could well, email real quick? Uh, Go ahead. Practice squad, practice squad. So I mean, what they're what they're doing here is they're looking. They don't have that body on their team. So if they need to practice against a three four team that has Good a point. big nose tech, this is this is the, the only guy you got that can do that. Absolutely. Uh, Kadeem Edwards, a guy that I kind of like, uh, guard tackle. Wide receiver Lance Lenore, I'm not sure why he's on the roster. I don't really think he's all that good. I think they they let go better receivers. Uh, tackle guard, I mean the Cowboys have him listed as a guard, but Dan Skipper, six foot ten, guard yeah. Nate Feeker, and cornerback Marquez White. Any just general thoughts in that practice squad? 
I love White. I can't believe he he made it back to the practice squad. Um, I I hate Skipper. Like I I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's on the practice squad even. Like I, there's there's nowhere to go for this guy. I, mm. I don't I I don't bodyguard. I don't get that bodyguard for Jerry I mean, Jones. It's, yeah, I mean, does Kadeem Edwards get picked up by somebody, or did like? I mean, I'd, I'd much, much, much rather have Kadeem Edwards. No, Edwards is on much the team. Rather. Edwards is on the practice squad. Oh, he is. Okay, good. Okay, uh, maybe I my it, one question I, I, is: Why no linebackers? Not a single linebacker on this group. Oh, I think you, you can. I, I think they're really easy to get. I mean, I think <laughs> there's a ton of them out there, and uh, they're really, really not that hard to find. That's a good point. I mean, you got. You, you got one. You got one playing line uh, fullback. You know, so <laughs> uh, I, the one guy that I was just a little bummed that didn't make it, to, or I don't know if he didn't make it or just they didn't want him was Lenny Jones. I thought he showed enough in the preseason to warrant a roster spot, but other than that, uh, it's fine. I mean, it's about six or seven of the guys we kind of expected. Um, just tie up this kind of crazy weekend. Any big thoughts? Any kind of overarching things that you want to talk about really quickly to tie it up? I mean, it's it, we don't even have time to sit and kind of evaluate and, and take our breaths of how much has gone on because it's all about to come even more fast and furious. Like we're gonna have to start looking into the Giants and what's going on to them because you know that's the funny thing about it is as much as we got our own stuff, they got their stuff too. We're gonna have to, you know we're gonna be finding out about Odell Beckham's ankle and 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 you know some of the some of their health issues. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, that you know we're not the only team that's got issues, uh, but it's all coming barreling towards us at 100 miles an hour, and it's uh, collision time Sunday night, folks. Yeah, and we also have the Zeke thing going on too, so we've got lots oh, yeah. of. So yeah, we by the I know, time- but but there's so much with the Zeke stuff. It's like it's hard to even comment on because it's like it, it you know we're waiting on them to announce the the results of the appeal, but then we we also think that they're probably going to delay the results of the appeal. To try to destroy the TRO that that Ezekiel appealed, uh, tried to set in, in Texas in order to to dictate you know <laughs> the venue and dictate which judge they get. I mean it's it's so convoluted and it's like I you know I Brian Brada said best this morning. It's like I, I just give me give me the give me info right. and let me respond to that because right now it's I, like there's too many like people every everyone's lined up and ready for like it's like. D-Day, like everyone's taking their sides and like it's all about to go down. But until it goes down, like it's hard to say, it's hard to comment on what's going on because it it it, it could go either way and in a hundred different ways in between. That's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Giants and we'll start previewing that game for Sunday night. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.